everyday injustice. Too many wrongful convictions, corruption has infected the criminal justice system. Leaving too many people helpless, fighting for their lives instead of receiving justice, people suffer. Is that why they say justice is blind? Hello and welcome to the Everyday Injustice Podcast. I'm your host, David Greenwald. For the past 10 years, we've operated Vanguard Court Watches in California, including San Francisco, Sacramento, and Yolo counties. Our goal? Expose everyday court injustices, and now, more broadly, shine a spotlight on injustices in the entire criminal justice system in the form of wrongful convictions, police and prosecutorial misconduct, and mass incarceration. This podcast hopes to take it a step further and highlight criminal justice reform on a national level. Everyday injustice. Today on Everyday Injustice, we have the latest in our series on progressive candidates for district attorney. Jose Garza is running for DA in Travis County, Texas, home of Austin, and facing another candidate, the incumbent, in the March 3rd primary. His is another public defender, formerly a federal public defender, and currently the co-executive director of the Austin-based nonprofit Workers' Defense Project. Welcome to the show, Jose. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you. So I saw you guys got big news today. We did. It was um, quite a surprise, but really, really amazing news and a real testament to all of the work um, that regular people here in Travis County have been putting into this campaign, to all of the doors they have knocked, to all the conversations they've had. Um, clearly, it is making a difference, and it is um, you know, getting this movement noticed. So Elizabeth Warren jumped in, and I'll read from her statement. Uh, with Jose as district attorney, Travis County will gain another champion in the fight to transform our criminal justice system. As an experienced public servant with a proven track record standing up for working families, I know that Jose will be the fighter that Travis County communities deserve. So high praise. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, I'm you know I'm I'm blown away um, by those kind words and, and by that support. Um, but you know, again, it is just an incredible testament um, to to the values that um, that people here in Travis County hold dear. Um, it is a testament to to this movement, not just here in Travis County, but across the state and across the country, of people who are demanding the criminal justice system that works for everyone. And it's a testament to the hard work that our team has, has put into this race here in Travis County. So we're just incredibly grateful. We have a, a ton of work to do. Um, you know, Elizabeth Warren is not a registered voter in Travis County that I am aware of. And so um, we have work to do to, to make sure we reach every voter in this county. Um, and if we do, we're going to win this race. So tell us a bit about your background and then why you're running for DA. Yeah, um, you know, I started my career um, as a public defender, um, first in the state system um, down on the Texas-Mexico border, um, and then in, in uh, the federal system as an assistant federal public defender. 
and I loved that work. It was incredibly rewarding and fulfilling um, on a personal level. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't help but feel every single day like I just, you know, was, was one person with, with my finger in the dam as water um, gushed all around me. And, and what I saw was a criminal justice system that unequivocally weighs most heavily on working class people and people of color um, and a criminal justice system that wasn't focused on keeping us safe, um, but was instead focused on, um, on brushing people under the rug. And, you know, I had the opportunity um, after that work uh, to go back to Washington, D.C., where I had gone to law school um, and where I had worked for a federal judge um, and, and do some work um, in the Obama administration. Um, and I eventually made my way home back to Texas, where I lead um, Workers Defense Project, an organization um, that believes deeply in the power that, that regular people have to change their community. And, um, you know, our organization um, is led by low-wage, undocumented workers, uh, many of whom are undocumented. And, you know, what we saw starting at the end of 2016 and, and really forcefully in 2017 was a criminal justice system um, being weaponized against immigrant families, um, against people of color and working people. Um, and so, you know, I have really been inspired by our members um, who fought every day to make changes in our criminal justice system. And I feel an obligation and a duty to try to carry that change forward. So what are the big issues that you're running on? Well, um, you know, the reality is that um, so much of what is broken about our criminal justice system in Travis County is what is broken in our criminal justice system across the state of Texas and across our country. So right here in Travis County, you know, which is, as you said, the home of Austin um, and the most progressive county in the state, on any given day, over 70% of people sitting in our jail right here in Travis County have not been convicted of a crime. And the overwhelming majority of them are sitting in our jail because they can't afford to pay bail. And we know that, um, that not only is that morally wrong, we know that it makes our community less safe. That when you take working people and you separate them from their jobs and from their families, that creates instability and that makes us less safe. Um, you know, here in the most progressive county in the state, 9% of our population is black, but over 25% of the population of our jail is black. We know every single year our district attorney's office brings more drug possession cases than any other kind. Um, and we know that, um, you know, that, that black folks account for 35% of arrests on drug possession cases. We know that the number one way that people get arrested for drug possession in Travis County is through traffic stops. And we know that over 60% of people who are arrested for drug possession on traffic stops are people of color. Um, and people of color do not make up 60% in Travis County. Um, so we have a system that 
weighs most heavily on, on working class people and people of color. And at the same time that we are using so many of our resources here in Travis County um, to lock people up who are struggling with substance use and to lock people up because they can't afford to pay bail, um, we are not treating serious crimes like sexual assault with the attention um, that it and survivors of that heinous crime deserve. Uh, in 2018, the district attorney's office received over a thousand complaints of sexual assault here in Travis County, a complaint brought forward by local law enforcement. In that year, the district attorney's office prosecuted approximately 40 of those cases. Well, in the same year, the district attorney's office prosecuted 1,200 drug possession cases. Um, those are the current priorities of our district attorney's office, and they do not reflect the priorities of our community. Um, we can build a criminal justice system here in Travis County that lifts up working people, people of color and women, um, and not one that locks them up. So you've kind of anticipated my next two questions. Um, so what I'll ask is maybe more specifically talk a little bit about uh, your opponent, what their background is, and why you think you offer a better vision. Well, you know, my um, I don't have a lot to say about my opponent except to say that, um, you know, the current district attorney has been a part of this system, this broken system. Um, for her entire career. Um, she's a career politician here in Travis County. Um, and as I said, I, you know, I have spent my entire career lifting up working people, people of color and women, um, and not locking them up. Uh, I have not spent my entire career, um, you know, promoting and defending this broken system that, that really um, stopped working for far too many people a long time ago. And I think it is time for, for bold change here in Travis County. It is what the people who live here want. Um, it is what they are demanding. And the changes that they are demanding aren't radical. Um, we see them happening all over the state and all over the country. And, you know, I, I think most people here, um, want Travis County to be a leader on these issues. And so, you know, that, that's what this, um, that's what this campaign is, is going to be about is about whether or not, um, we can be as a community, the leader that we should be on these issues. So talk a bit about mass incarceration and really the flip side of it, decarceration. Well, we know that, you know, for the last, um, 60 years longer, um, you know, the last century, we have been sold this bill of goods, um, this idea that the way that we keep our communities safe is, you know, just by locking up working class people and people of color. Um, we have seen, you know, uh, criminal laws that were designed with that intent um, and a criminal justice system um, that has resulted in that outcome. I mean, I, um, your listeners are probably well aware that right here in the United States, you know, count percent of the world's population, but over 25% of the world's 
jail population. And we know that um, the impact of those policies has been devastating for families and for children and for entire generations of communities. Um, you know, something like um, 2.7 million children on any given day in this country have a parent who is incarcerated. And we know that the impact of that on children is devastating. We know that, um, you know, for every, for every child who has um, a father who is incarcerated, um, the likelihood that, that, you know, they will experience homelessness um, for children who have a mother who is incarcerated, that they will interact with our foster care system goes through the roof. Um, and so our criminal justice system, um, you know, not only is it, and by the way, we should, it's also just not working. Um, you know, the data is overwhelmingly clear at this point that every day that a person who is struggling stays in likelihood that they will commit another crime goes up. Um, continuing to use so many resources um, to prosecute people who are struggling with substance use makes us less safe. It's, it's um, you know, an enormous waste of resources and it doesn't keep our community safe. So not only is it having, um, you know, really terrible outcomes for, for families and for children and communities, it also just isn't working. And so, um, you know, there, as I said before, there's obviously a movement across this country to rethink and reimagine how our criminal justice system can and should work. Um, and it's time for, for Travis County to be in that conversation and to lead that. So what are your plans for reducing the racial disparity in the prison system? Yeah, so there are a couple of things that we are going to do right away. Um, the first is that we are going to end the prosecution of, of low-level drug offenses here in Travis County, and really for two reasons. Um, you know, as I mentioned, by this point in our, you know, 60-year war on drugs, 40-year war on drugs, however long it has been, um, the data, the evidence is really clear that it just doesn't work, that it's not keeping us safe, that that's not how you um, treat and deal with substance use. Um, it is time to treat substance use like the public health crisis that it is instead of another uh, excuse to lock people up. So it's beyond time for us to end the prosecution of low-level drug offenses here in Travis County. Um, it is within the discretion of the district attorney's office to do just that, and it's what we're going to do. Um, but the other reason to do that is that we know that prosecuting low-level drug offenses is one of the greatest drivers of racial disparities in our criminal justice system. Um, as I previously mentioned, um, black and brown people are disproportionately um, represented in drug possession arrests here in Travis County. Um, and the reality is we know that substance use is an issue that impacts all of our communities, um, regardless of, of race, socioeconomic status, but, but there are only um, certain parts of our communities that are being 
over over police um, and that are feeling the weight of our criminal justice system. So by ending those prosecutions, we are going to make a huge dent, um, not only in the number of people that we saddle with criminal convictions every year and the number of people that we send to our jail and to our prisons, uh, but we're also going to make a huge dent in the racial disparities that exist in our system. So that's the first thing. Um, you know, here in Travis County, about three months ago, um, it was widely reported um, that the second highest ranking officer in the Austin Police Department um, was a known and open racist, um, made disparaging comments about um, Barack Obama and other high-profile um, black leaders here in Austin and a number um, of other folks in our community. And when racism is tolerated within our criminal justice system, um, you know, it obviously leads to outcomes that disproportionately impact people of color and it erodes trust in our criminal justice system. And so one of the things that we must do to restore that trust is to make clear that if there um, is a record of, of racism for any officer who is who seeks to participate in our criminal justice system, um, that the district attorney's office has an obligation to identify that and you know to create a list of, of law enforcement who have engaged in misconduct, whether that misconduct be racism or otherwise and make sure that they are not allowed to participate in our criminal justice system, to make sure that um, their testimony is not what sends um, people to jail or results in convictions for people in our community. So those are two of the steps that we can take right away, and I think they'll have a huge impact. Um, what are your plans for bail reform? Well, as I said, um, you know, like, like many places in the state and the country, um, we have so much work to do right here in Travis County. Um, I think there is a consensus that it's time to move past our um, reliance on cash bail here in Travis County. I think there is a willingness um, on the part of the judges, on, a part of, on the part of the community, and on the part of other elected officials here in Travis County. All that is required is the leadership and the will. Um, and so there are a number of specific steps that we can and should take to eliminate our cash bail system. Um, the first is that we must um, reform how we assess whether or not a person poses a risk to our community here in Travis County at the point of determining, um, you know, whether a person should be detained um, pre-trial. Right now we use um, a system that is filled with bias that does not seek to understand the ability of a person to pay, um, that, that holds it against people for struggling with substance use, when really the question should be does to our community based on the offense for which they've been charged and the conduct that surrounds that offense. Um, it is time. So here in Travis County, um, the district attorney's office takes a completely hands-off approach bail. Um, although the district attorney is the most powerful actor in our criminal justice system, 
And although, of course, the judges who set bail want to know what the position is of the district attorney's office, um, our district attorney's office doesn't participate in that process at all. And so, um, you know, when we win this race, we will make clear in a collaborative way to the judges that our position is that um, only people who pose a threat to our community um, should be in custody. Everyone else should be out working. Um, and there are a number of ways that we can and will do that. Um, we also need to take on as a community um, making sure that people have the support um, to show up to their court dates, um, that we, you know, that they're getting phone calls and reminders, that we offer rides, um, the steps that we take when we want people to participate in our process. So there are a number of, of specific steps that we can and should take. But really what is required um, is leadership and purpose. And then talk about police accountability and how that issue interacts with the DA's office. That's right. So um, I, I want to give um, you know, just one specific example and, and maybe touch on, on one that we already discussed. Um, it used to be the practice of the district attorney's office here in Travis County that for every police-involved shooting, every time that um, a police officer shot someone in the line of duty, that that case would immediately go before a grand jury here in Travis County. Um, one, to, to do um, our best to ensure that there is no bias in the decision about whether or not um, that shooting constitutes a crime. Um, and second, to let the community decide um, if that's the case. And you have to understand the district attorney's office works with law enforcement every day. Um, what our district attorney did was to change that policy so that it is the district attorney um, specifically who decides whether or not a police-involved shooting merits prosecution. Um, and I think it is impossible um, to suggest that, that that can be done without bias. You know, the, um, the, the head of the police union um, showed up at our current district attorney's campaign launch party. Um, the district attorney, um, you know, really champions the working relationship she has with police. Um, and all I'm saying is that um, you can't have both a great relationship with the police and be able to approach um, specific instances of police misconduct without the possibility or potential for bias. So when we win, um, those cases are going back before the grand jury to let the community decide, um, you know, if that misconduct rises to the level of a crime. Um, and we will have institute um, transparency so that the community knows what's happening in those cases and why. Um, and as I said previously, we also um, need to and will institute a no-call list to make sure that law enforcement who has engaged in this conduct um, will not further taint our criminal justice system here in Travis County. So Texas is one of the few states that is still implementing the death penalty, although it does seem like even in Texas the use is down. Talk about the death penalty and your pledge not to use it if you're elected. You know, what we see um, 
far too often, um, especially here in Texas, is that the people um, against whom the state seeks the death penalty, when I say the state, I mean individual district attorneys across the state, um, are often our most vulnerable. They are people of color. They are low-income working class people. Um, they are people who have experienced some incredible abuse and trauma in their own lives. Um, they are people with significant um, mental health challenges and disabilities. And we just cannot continue um, to perpetuate a system that um, so often brings about more harm, I mean, particularly against our most vulnerable communities. Um, Texas still has the option of life without parole, which is a sentence that is more harsh than that which exists in, in most Western countries. Um, it is absolutely a sufficient punishment and deterrent to keep our community safe. Um, but, you know, here in Travis County and the most progressive county in the state, we really have an obligation um, to use our discretion in a way that is in line with our values and to slow um, the machinery of death that has gone on and for far too long here in the state of and that far too often um, has been wielded against working class people and people of color. Do you plan to implement programs such as the Wrongful Convictions Unit and or a Sentence Review Unit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I will say the, the District Attorney's Office um, currently has a Conviction Integrity Unit, but it's really important um, to talk about and to understand how that Conviction Integrity Unit is working right now. Um, you know, just a few weeks ago, um, Larry Krasner Conviction Integrity Unit announced their 12th exoneration. Um, you know, I, I think in in, um, in Maryland, Marilyn Mosby, um, her Conviction Integrity Unit has exonerated something on the scale of 10 people. Um, those offices are aggressively seeking innocence. Well, right here in Travis County, um, our district attorney recently announced that she would be um, pursuing the retrial um, of an undocumented woman um, who is charged with murder and um, about whom four judges here in the state of Texas have said that there is a high likelihood that she is innocent of the charges against her. She has been sitting in custody for 17 years. Um, her name is Rosa Jimenez. And instead of aggressively seeking innocence here in Travis County, our district attorney's office um, is moving forward with the prosecution of a woman that four judges say is very likely innocent. And so um, when we win, we will have a conviction integrity unit um, that is on par with some of the most progressive units across the country um, and that aggressively seeks out innocence. It's what people here in Travis County, want and deserve. It's been an amazing experience because 
we've had the chance over the last couple months to talk to uh, candidates uh, for DA all across the country. And it's really fascinating because um, both sides of the story are very similar. You hear uh, the conditions on the ground uh, in, in the county where the person lives, and they're all very similar. Uh, the incumbent's very similar, and also their plans are very similar. But I'd be interested to hear how you think you fit into kind of this broader progressive prosecution movement. You know, when I started my career um, as a public defender, um, you know, over 10 years ago, um, I would have never believed you if you had told me that, you know, that in just a short 10 or 15 years, I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, I would never have believed you if you had told me that there would be a movement to reform our criminal justice system sweeping the country and that it was happening in partnership between district attorney's offices and communities. Um, And I really wouldn't have believed you if you told me that that movement had, um, you know, reached the borders of Texas. But it has, and it is here, and it is about time. Um, You know, for, for far too long, communities of color, working class people, um, women have been ignored by our system um, and quite frankly have been oppressed by our system. And, you know, as I said, here in Travis County, um, we rightfully think of ourselves as the most progressive community in the state. I am so proud um, of the many accomplishments that, that our community here in Travis County has made for working people um, on criminal justice reform. And it is time for the majority of people here in Travis County who see that our criminal justice system isn't working for them, isn't working for their neighbors, um, to have a friend and an ally in the district attorney's office. And so, you know, while I am aware of and inspired by the movement that's happening across the state and across the country, um, our movement here in Travis County um, is really about, um, you know, lifting up the values that, that we have held dear here in Travis County um, for so long, the values that have defined us for decades. Um, and it's about living up to those values um, in a way that our entire community can be proud of. And, and maybe that's what's so special about this movement is that it really is truly grassroots. I mean, you're talking about people at a county by county level that have made the decision to change the criminal justice system uh, really at the local level up rather than uh, the national level down, which is very unusual, I think. So, you know, there are um, two ways to get on the ballot here in Travis County. Um, You can write a check and that'll get you on the ballot. Or you can turn in the signatures of people who live in our community um, to show that there is support for for your candidacy and for your movement. Um, We are the only um, campaign in this race that didn't pay to get on the ballot. Um, We turned in the signatures of over a thousand people who believe 
in our message, who believe in this change um, that we are trying to make. Now, we are the only campaign in this race um, that has knocked on tens of thousands of doors, um, that has ha- had thousands of conversations with real people um, at their doors, you know, at, at farmers markets, at grocery stores, at coffee shops, um, in the community where, where people live. Um, and that is why we are going to win this race, but it is also why um, we are going to make this change after we win and why this change is going to be lasting. And can you tell us a little bit about some of those conversations? I mean, what are people worried about when you talk to them? Well, you know, I I think the thing, quite frankly, um, that has surprised us the most is that no matter who we talk to, what part of town it is, um, you know, how big the houses or how small the houses that we walk up to, um, almost every single person we talk to is with us on these issues. Um, no one thinks it's right that over 70% of people sitting in our jail haven't been convicted of a crime. No one thinks it's right that 9% of our population is black, but over 25% of the population of our jail is black. No one thinks it is right um, that our district attorney's office has lost the trust of survivors of sexual assault. Everyone um, has a personal story um, about how either they or someone they know or their family has been touched by our criminal justice system. And everyone has a story about how it isn't working for them. Um, that is the real experience of everyday people who live in our community. Um, and we have an obligation to make sure that they are heard. Um, and not just that they are heard, but that they um, get the change and the criminal justice system that they deserve. Um, it's happening all over the state. It's happening all over the country. Um, everyone living in Travis County um, deserves that reform just as much. Um, and so they are ready and have been ready um, to, to meet us out in the street, um, to, to, to join us knocking on doors, to talking um, to their neighbors. Um, and it has been incredibly inspiring. And it's why we're going to win this race. And, and that brings me to another question that I, that I was curious about is that, you know, Austin is kind of this progressive island in Texas. Um, what is the rest of the state looking like in terms of criminal justice reform at this point? Well, the, the reality is there has been real progress all over the state. Um, you know, in, in many ways, Travis County is behind. Um, in Harris County, um, you know, the, the, the county government um, just adopted um, landmark bail reforms to end the practice of locking people up because they can't afford to get out. In Dallas County, um, they elected a district attorney who has ended the prosecution of, of low-level drug offenses and who is leading efforts to eliminate the cash bail system. Um, in, in Bear County, which is um, San Antonio, um, they have elected a district attorney um, who is making similar progress. And here in Travis County, um, here in Austin, 
you know, there is reform underway, but it's being led by our city council. Um, and, you know, just two weeks ago, um, or actually last week, um, the city council, you know, made clear that um, um, Austin police should not be arresting people for low-level um, marijuana charges. But at the same time, you know, our district attorney um, went on TV and, and would not rule out continuing to prosecute those cases um, if they came to her. And so this change is happening all over the state, and it's happening right here in Travis County. Um, we just need a district attorney who will lead that change, not stand in its way. And so finally, you know, my question would be, you know, are there other issues that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to talk about? Oh, absolutely. I mean, let me just say um, there are so many changes that are, are, are so desperately needed. Um, you know, we deserve a criminal justice system that treats kids like kids. Um, you know, the human brain doesn't even stop developing until a person is 25 years old. And I think back at the person that I was when I was 18 and 19 and 20 and, um, you know, but for the grace of God, um, you know, am I sitting here talking to you and not on a different path? And so um, we have pledged that we will never seek to certify a juvenile as an adult in Travis County. We believe that all people, especially young people, are capable of change. Um, we believe that um, that everyone who is accused um, deserves a full and fair defense. And so um, we have pledged that we will provide um, discovery prior to um, a grand jury indictment, which is not currently the practice. Um, we have pledged that sentences of 20 years or more will be an exception in our community, not the rule. Um, we have pledged that um, we will fight just as hard at the legislature um, to change the law as we will here in our community to make sure um, that the law as it is um, impacts everyone fairly. There is so much work um, we have to do here. Um, you know, we are going to return to the table um, with advocates for survivors of sexual assault to make sure that we have a criminal justice system in Travis County where survivors are believed and survivors of sexual assault are treated with dignity and respect. We have so much work to do. Um, and, and, you know, the reality is that um, it is why um, we have worked so hard um, to talk to as many voters as we can to, to build this movement um, because winning this election is just the first step. Um, you know, the hard part is going to be um, making these changes and keeping them, but, but we can and we must um, if everyone who believes so deeply in them will only stay engaged. I want to thank you for being on our show and good luck on the March 3rd primary. Now, when, when that goes down, uh, is that your final election or will you have to run in November? Um, we have drawn a Republican opponent. And so um, no matter what happens on March 3rd, um, there will be, um, you know, the election won't be over. We will still have work to do.
Very good. Well, good luck uh, going forward. Uh, this has been Everyday Injustice, and we've been talking with Jose Garza, who is running for DA in Travis County, Texas, home of Austin. Thank you for being on the show, and we will be back next time with more episodes of Everyday Injustice. Thank you to George Powell and Norman Mouse Quake Barrett for the use of our opening Everyday Injustice. You can see more of George's music at www.justiceforgeorgepowell.com. That's justiceforgeorgepowell, all one word, dot com.